This is happening. Let me just do what I love to. No nine to five. This is Lifestyle Architecture Lab and I'm your host Himanshu Sachdeva. Welcome to another episode of Lifestyle Architecture Lab. In this show I talk about lifestyle design, financial freedom and also dissect the process, behavior and routines of the personalities who have designed a lifestyle of freedom for themselves. These guests range from artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, lifestyle coaches, investors, professional athletes, etc. These conversations dig deep into their stories to find out their thought process, tools, strategies and tricks that makes them tick. This podcast is brought to you by Audible. I love audiobooks and I have been using Audible for years. Whenever I am commuting to work and back, almost always I am listening to a book. Because I don't get time to read as much as I would like to, so audiobooks help me read books in a whole new way. If you want to try it out, you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Himanshu Sachdeva. You'll get thousands and thousands of books to choose from which you can listen on your phone, laptop or even on your Kindle device anytime, anywhere. In this episode, I'm talking to Shashank Murli, who is the co-founder and CEO of TapChief. TapChief is an Indian startup which aims to build the future of work with its focus on solopreneurs and the gig economy. A freelance professional can register on TapChief and can access thousands of projects to choose from and TapChief handles all the things around this and help the freelancer earn well. Shashank is a bit Spilani alumni. Like many other tech founders, his journey also started in the hostel room of Bitspilani where he created the early version of what today is TapChief. In this candid conversation, we talk about his journey and how TapChief started out from his hostel room and eventually got their major round of funding in 2019 from Bloom Ventures. We also talk about how Bitspilani shaped his thought process. We go deep on TapChief's focus on people with attention to detail and empathy. TapChief's goal of getting 2 million people to their platform and much more. There are a lot of nuggets in this episode for anyone who is aspiring to start a company or a startup which is looking to level up. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Shashank Murli. Hey Shashank, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me Himanshu. Yeah, it's my pleasure to have you here. The first time I think I came in touch with you was uh, via Twitter, uh, where you keep sharing your knowledge and uh, wisdom. 
I was fascinated actually to learn about uh, Tap Chief uh, because I was like going through these platforms to find out some uh, virtual assistant. So <laughs> I stumbled upon Tap Chief, and that's how I I got to know about you as well. And uh, that intrigued okay. me a lot because I I do uh, writing myself and uh, like I advocate uh, about turning oneself's uh, passion into profession. So I think Tap Chief allows. that part to be done on a in a very uh, good way and on a very great scale so all the creative people and people who want to do freelance stuff so they have a very good platform now which is built in india <laughs> so 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 i messaged yeah. you one day i guess and uh, like invited you for the podcast and you very humbly obliged to that uh, so welcome to the show again uh, so we can start off uh, this conversation by how the product uh you developed uh, in your college the product name was advise i think right as we discussed earlier so how that product uh, from initial time uh, transformed into tap chief can you start off from there sure sure um yeah so firstly i think uh, you know when we did advise as i said as you rightly mentioned we were college kids uh you know and very frankly you know we never thought we would do a startup per se when we were doing that right uh it's quite interesting how we started working on it uh because effectively both my co-founders uh Binan Arjun and I uh you know we all have siblings younger brothers uh and at that time both of them were preparing for their GE right um to kind of go through that rat race it was their phase <laughs> yeah. and um uh, you know they used to always reach out and ask hey you know what do you know what this is do you know this in calculus that in physics and so on and so forth and you know it was not something we enjoyed like being in third year fourth year to kind of sit and answer mm-hmm. those questions but we noticed a lot of people uh, on campus uh, you know our friends used to take up and say hey i may kar deta hu right and then at one point we asked our friends uh, you know do you think you would like to get paid to do this and Uh, most of them were like, yeah, yeah, I would love to spend two three hours every day doing this, right? Because again, in college and engineering college, like you know, you don't have much, you have a lot of time and very little to do. Um, so we said, okay, why don't we build an app? Which because a lot of kids also at that time, twenty, this was what twenty fourteen, a lot of kids were, had also started getting phones with them, right? Uh, when they were eleventh, twelfth standard, etc. Mm-hmm. And we said, let's go ahead and kind of uh, help them. Uh, posted out and somebody from one of our campuses right will answer that and get paid for it in a small way so that's yeah. how the idea began um, and we just started working on it in this was our fourth year uh, we built it uh, we had real users we had real transactions i think at a point we had over 500 plus tutors not just from bedford from various iits and iits and you know some of the most prominent engineering colleges in india and students uh, had this ability to have a teacher even after 5 pm right which is unheard of uh, more often than not unless you're going for separate tutions or something so uh, and each solving each doubt helped them to get past and learn the next concept a lot better so that was quite interesting and we as i said you know we built it for fun it was a fun project uh, but uh, of course we we saw that the value we were able to generate uh, except that you know it was not obviously our biggest passion to go ahead and help students learn or prepare for test examinations True. more like after having done that ourselves for 20 years or so uh so we basically uh another kind of edtech company who was building something around similar lines 
reached out and said that hey we love your tech we love your supply tutor base that you built etc would you be you know willing to sell the company and uh, my first response was yeah sure you know we could definitely explore <laughs> that except that we don't except that we don't have a company like we are not registered we're not done anything yeah yeah so but we went about we went through with it uh, saying that a uh, you know this is a product which would definitely reach a lot more students mm-hmm. and somebody who can take that further and is willing to take that further uh, you know i think it's that could be a nice home for this product and more importantly we said worst case what will happen you know we'll have a good story to say that we sold a company in college uh, thankfully of course it turned out better than that but uh, you know so yeah that's how it happened the comp- they bought that while we were still students uh we had them transition for a good piece and in the last semester given all this experience of one one and a half year we came back to say that okay let's build something again let's not go sit for placements uh and that's how tap chief was born mm-hmm. where we said that uh you know at, up until then the thought process was you earn incomes by getting a great job right and that's why you go to good engineering colleges and so on and so forth mm-hmm. uh for the first time we saw incomes coming in a very different fashion and for largely for skills which we had just picked off the internet and implemented it in a few ways and we rated our skills very lowly <laughs> mm-hmm. so we thought that if we could with our level of skills kind of pull this off a lot of people are extremely good at things mm-hmm. so what could they do if they had this opportunity and that's how the idea of tapchief was born where we said can we help people monetize their skills and earn incomes beyond a job right and by taking up interesting things where they can leverage their skills mm-hmm. so yeah so that's that's how we really began uh, this was the last semester which was early 2016 uh, we recently completed 4 years so yeah that, that's 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 the beginning of it all wow and and initially i mean when uh, you guys uh, eventually registered the company and then from initial four uh, four founders and you went on to become a good headcount company which is there right now so can you talk about that as well the initial time of tap chief uh, once it was registered so uh, so the first few hires that we made were actually juniors from college <laughs> uh, who had gotten camp on campus jobs but we convinced them that you know coming and working with us is the better thing to do Yeah and I don't know they were also foolish and silly enough <laughs> to say yeah that makes sense and let's do this um no so uh, more importantly I think you know the, the all those two three people that we hired at that time formed the core of what we call the founding team of Tap Chief even today right yeah uh because effectively all of them were people we had worked with in the past in fact that worked on the advice idea as well as interns uh with us uh and of course today they came on with full time jobs with us each of them brought a very unique skill to the table uh, one one of them had run you know our campus's biggest fest uh, he took care of our ops uh, another person was known across campus for being constantly on social media so he became our social media guy mm-hmm. so it was a very uh, you know uh, natural way i think in some sense about five six people on a campus uh who know each other and enjoy spending time with each other coming together to build something mm-hmm. that's how the initial piece was uh and for a good part of the first 2 years i don't think we went beyond 15 people uh we grew at least in headcount fairly slowly fairly carefully uh you know we added uh always had interns 
uh, and the 15 is including interns right so so we were always a fairly small team as we were also trying to figure out you know our proposition how we are presenting it to the market and so mm-hmm. on yeah last year that's 2019 is when we've really scaled up uh, that happened close post the bloom investment uh, where you know we grew the team to about 50 odd people by the end of the year and today we're at about 60 people so yeah i think the majority of the growth has happened in the last year but uh, i think it's held us in good standard we grew at least the headcount fairly slowly uh, which helped us ensure that every one uh, we got on only uh, people we enjoy working with we enjoy working with not just enjoy working with but also spending time outside of work uh, people who brought unique skills to the table people who brought that passion that's necessary in early stage of the company so yeah that's what that journey has been like largely for us mm-hmm. that's amazing and uh, as you mentioned uh, organically people who were like handling social media and uh, uh, other things like event management so they became uh, like the founding members and eventually like started handling social media management and operations so uh, it it's kind of a thing where you already in college also in early days also you have the skill sets inside you and which you actually turn into something which is actually now your profession so uh, uh, scooting back to that uh, as you are a alumni of bits pilani how do that place shape you um, are there any stories uh, coming to mind uh, which might not seem pivotal at the moment but uh, looking back uh, dots might be connecting to them any anything coming to mind you know every time somebody asks me about bits stories uh, one thing that uh you know we used to have as a conversation early on right when we were only 5 6 of us uh keeps coming back to mind uh, which is you know my team uh, and my co-founders amongst all of us we used to always discuss that if we ever go out and speak about bits plani stories please make sure that only the most appropriate ones are said out in public <laughs> so i can leave out all the debauchery uh but having said that uh yeah so see i think uh, bits plani as a campus is is a is one of its kind right uh, it's not something i at least i've heard of after having spoken to people from various kind of places mm-hmm. uh, it's it's definitely one of its kind what makes it really unique is firstly it's you're severely cut off especially post you know explosion of mobile internet and everything else uh, with so much data and uh, in device consumption uh, even with all of that it takes you to the hinterland of india in a sense right it's it's a very tiny village on the rajasthan haryana border yeah. uh, about the closest cities i think delhi and jaipur both of which are at about 250 kilometers so you can't there isn't much right the entire village is comprises like three fourth of the village is the campus and then there's a bus stand and maybe one single bar or something so um so there isn't much to do so what that does naturally is that all the inhabitants of that campus right the 3000 4000 odd people across years across departments disciplines etc all come together for very very different things right people come together by virtue of interest people come together and that interest could be anything from sound mixing which i was telling you earlier all yeah. the way up to dancing and so on and so forth uh so i think bits definitely teaches you how to kind of embrace diversity i think uh, and that's kind of flowed through for us even in our team today we have i think uh, at our last count we had people from 17 or 19 unique states in the team today wow right so 
it ensures that that diversity flows through you you know it's just part of who you are you know you don't ever wonder that oh i am from this place this person is from this place or i speak this language or i eat this somebody eats that right that's never a thought that comes to you yeah. if you have studied at bitspilani um also the fact that we didn't have attendance and we could give exams without attendance uh, was incredibly useful in wow. terms of becoming an entrepreneur because a lot of people whatever time they spent on they spent on things that they really enjoyed doing right uh, in the formative years uh, i spent a lot of time uh, writing i was part of the press club i was part of this thing called the department of sounds i've actually mixed live shows for farhan akhtar and oh wow uh, you know vishal and like a bunch of different crazy artists soulmate and so on and so forth uh, i picked up coding and freelancing and etc because i enjoyed doing it right mm-hmm. uh, at one point i built a website which had all the toppers notes across campus across disciplines wow. because a lot of people would not go to class uh so we did you know wacky stuff yeah i mean i think it's it's a it's a part of my life and the huge grin on my face can kind of help you understand how much <laughs> i, I love that tell. place yeah uh, but yeah it's, it's just a very very cherished part of uh, my life for sure and i don't know i don't think that phase will ever come back and i think uh, a lot of stories uh, like where dorm room coders are like uh, creating companies so there is mark zuckerberg story as well which like fairly resembles <laughs> with your story as well i think uh, the institutes which which uh, makes people uh, closer to the entrepreneurial uh, journey i think they instill some things inside you which eventually help you out in the real world as well so i think bit bits pilani has done that yeah and i mean and there just been so many entrepreneurs mm-hmm. uh, who you know uh, like the founders of red bus swiggy grey mm-hmm. orange they're just innumerable ones right uh, and i think what is special about the place which does that to you in a sense is that that incredible amount of freedom they give mm-hmm. to 18 year olds and yeah. say that go and figure out what you want to do right um and and just simply the fact that a lot of things on campus even today are still run by students mm-hmm. for instance uh, the mess service right uh, for all 4000 students even today is managed and run entirely by students uh, you know where there are actually elections every year and, you know they take up that post everything from finances to logistics so if you're managing you know of course different sets of people take up different aspects like that but uh, even the placements everything is run by students uh, so the also the faculty and in you know, the overall university management just being so open and giving such critical things and bringing students a part of that fold right mm-hmm. i think that is what has made a lot of difference in a lot of us right uh, yeah. because you know we started managing things which we were we never thought we could be capable of at 20 like nobody at home would give us 10000 rupees to manage when we were at 18 or 20 right but in bits yeah. we were handling lakhs of rupees so i think that's that definitely has to be that and the lack of attendance i think has to be take the piece of the you know the icing on the cake i guess <laughs> yeah so uh, moving forward to that uh, as you mentioned uh, you had founders uh, in, from inside bits pilani and they were all your friends uh, which you were already working with in bits pilani as well but uh, Uh, once you move out of that bandwagon and you have a real company now right so after that 
are there any specific uh, high level executives which are uh, which have joined you and uh, how did you like uh, get those people into your team are there any specific things which you look for uh, at at a very high level uh, when you are letting people in yeah so see today uh, we still believe heavily uh, in kind of trying our best to maintain a flat hierarchy right uh, while we have different sets of teams who are responsible for a set of aspects of the company which are the overall goals of the company so they take up a few and you know they kind of go ahead and execute on those uh, and maybe each one of those you know we have one representative who kind of uh, maybe uh, is involved in some of the managerial stuff or things like that right but by and large we've tried our best to maintain a very flat hierarchy as much as possible because again i don't we're not big fans of hierarchy and yeah. know, specific managers etc etc uh it's useful for a lot of things it's useful for somebody to know you know what is the next level i can get to and so on uh but again i think what we've seen typically in the industry has been that you know you do that in ter- in terms of roles right you go from manager to senior to vp etc etc what we've tried to inculcate we've not been entirely successful fully to be honest but you know it continues to be a relentless pursuit is to ensure people are able to understand that they're growing when their responsibilities increase mm-hmm. and the extent of those responsibilities increase uh that's something we are trying to uh, inculcate and put in place and so on but otherwise by and large for a team you know in order to uh, you know when we are looking to hire uh, in general uh, we look for a few things again which you know uh, are they aligning with our overall company values or not right yeah uh, so first things first you know we feel people need to be opinionated and need to like doing something right yeah uh, and dislike doing a certain set of things if people don't have that opinion about their day to day life about what they enjoy and what they don't enjoy then they're not the best people to make decisions for you at a company level downstream right mm-hmm. so we really look for you know what are their inclinations and so on we also look for a lot of attention to detail because if there are certain things you enjoy like you know the various things that you were telling me before we started the podcast you know uh ensure phones on yeah. silent this is then that <laughs> then that attention to detail speaks a lot about a person's inclination and you know passion towards doing something you really enjoy doing podcast hence you are so concerned about the little pieces yeah. right so it's the same when it comes to anybody's job in any manner right mm-hmm. uh, you know people of course tend to view it as two separate things but we believe that it is not separate right mm-hmm. uh, so attention to detail about things uh, whatever they enjoy is again something we look for uh, we look for you know do they have empathy right uh, again empathy is probably by far the hardest thing to test for uh, because in an interview everybody tends to try to be nice and yeah. uh, you know uh, speak about everything in a positive light uh, but we really try and look hard at empathy and we over a period of time try to develop our own techniques to assess that uh, you know because without empathy and if you need to be part of not just a startup but for any company right firstly you know every member of a company or a team has to be empathetic to users or customers then the colleagues around them and then themselves right so if everybody follows that order religiously then we would not have any conflicts we would not need as many meetings we would not need you know uh, review systems and so on and so forth to yeah. this degree at least right 
So I think that's what we'll try our best to test for. Uh, so at least these three are our top three things, you know, we look for. Because ultimately, the skill piece, if you really enjoy it, and if you're ideally somebody who's kind of smart, you'll figure out how to get those, acquire those skills and apply it in different situations, right? Uh, as long as you have that empathy and uh, attention to detail. But uh, is there any, uh, like, as you said, that we have now set up a process to test empathy as well. Like, is there any specific thing which you test out? I mean, uh, what is the process? Uh, can you share that? Yeah, so, uh, I, again, I would not label it as a process. I'll tell you just a few things that, you know, we do, right? So today, one of the first things that we do, uh, you know, if there's a job post and somebody applies, one of the first things that we do is to send them an email, mm-hmm. right? With three to four role-specific questions, uh, wherein we are trying to understand these couple of things, right? Uh, we are testing attention to detail because if somebody is responding to an email, how they're writing that email tells a lot about you, uh, yeah. tells you a lot about the person, right? Is the person concerned about there being a space after a period or a comma or, you know, doesn't care? Does the person care about all the entire text being in the same font, same size uh, or doesn't care? You know, it tells you a lot about a person, right? Mm-hmm. Uh so that way we test a lot of things at attention to detail level. We also try to, when we try to understand, you know, again, maybe a specific quest, uh, thing from an empathy standpoint. Uh, so let's say we are trying to, uh, you know, hire a sales for a sales position, right? Yeah. The One of the questions would inevitably be about who is the customer who, uh, you know, pissed you off the most and how did you handle that situation? Mm-hmm. tells you a lot about what went wrong because in the first go when you're asking somebody about what went wrong as opposed to what went right because they're expecting what went right uh, as the question the line of questioning it again puts people off and you know they the way they articulate that tells you a lot about how they were able to do it uh, similarly if it's for a product role it would be that you know customers you released an awesome feature which it's a lot of fanfare, but customers dished on it like nobody's business. What would you do? What would be your press note, right? So in each kind of role, you can test for empathy just by kind of scenario creation in essence, yeah. right? You hypothetically put people in scenarios and ask them what would they do, right? Of course, you know, there are going to be people who can ace that nonetheless and say, no, right? yeah. but inherently as a company, the way we like to operate is we like to trust people. Uh, we like to say that what they're telling us is the truth to the best degree possible. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't turn out to be the case, then anyway, the rest of it will never go through. Right. right. Uh, but we inherently like to trust people and thereby ask not tough questions, but ask about things which are probably uncomfortable to speak at at many instances or typically as to what the convention is for an interview or so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. We try and put people in a comfort zone and then ask those uncomfortable topics so that mm-hmm. and have a conversation. So every interview of ours, one of the first things I say every time I walk in is that, hey, look, I hate interviews. I love conversations. So let's have a conversation. So I think yeah. ensuring that, you know, you're having conversations as opposed to a question answer session, I think drives home a lot of things you know uh, you're able to you're at least trying to look for and then take it from there mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh, asking these uncomfortable questions in interviews and uh, like as you said uh, we look for 
like uh, attention to details in those conversations uh, when we are talking to them because when you are like passionate about uh, your company because you have built it from scratch so at that time you know like uh, who is bluffing right because you have been through all those situations so most likely you know who is bluffing at that time so of course in conversations and in those kind of interviews uh, this attention to detail can be very much uh, can be measured but uh, of course empathy is something which we can just judge but over the period of time it uh, comes out uh, and it comes out in uncomfortable situations most likely so yeah that that's a very good way to like uh, inculcate empathy and attention to detail in the start itself so you very well know in the start itself that this person is going to be in my team or not and uh, scooting back a little uh, uh, can you also share a little bit about uh, your childhood uh, and the support you got from your family and were there any signs in initial uh, days like in childhood where uh, you were like uh marching on your own uh, drum beat and doing different things so so people would already know that yeah this guy is going to do something different from the crowd um okay let me tell you a bit about my family and then maybe yeah. my background to set some context uh so both my parents uh work for nationalized banks uh my father works for sbi and my mother works for canara bank Uh, so oh, wow. they and you know that's the only job they've held for a good twenty five years now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously it's you know I've had that proper middle class South Indian middle class upbringing, you can say. Yeah. I also have a younger sibling. His name is Kaushik. Uh, he's just completing his engineering right now. Um, so I think when we grew up as nineties kids. Uh, you know i think at that point in time uh, it was really really hard to imagine how the world would look like in 15 20 years mm-hmm. right so i think as parents uh, you know uh, i think the path that they took was to inculcate the value of knowledge the value of education and last but not the least that the value of work right that work is worship is something that was reiterated a lot of times to us mm-hmm. as we grew up uh, so while i never had uh, you know any sort of crazy pressure from my parents etc etc uh, i was you know one of the top two three kids in class all of that used to happen uh, so did fairly well in academics mm-hmm. uh, that's how pets and all of that happened uh, and always but uh, you know i constantly used to do stuff otherwise which of course they wouldn't they wouldn't have ever found out <laughs> like i used to sell game cds back when i was 10 years old 5th 6th oh, wow. standard i think <laughs> that was my first business honestly uh i was you know i used to take up all sorts of freelancing stuff even back then mm-hmm. like i think post my ge uh again because i was slightly on the uh top aspect of uh, in terms of ranks etc mm-hmm. uh i used to evaluate and set questions for exam papers which used to pay Uh, wow. during the summer holidays so i i mean i've always kind of done stuff which drove some in- extra income incremental income of sorts um and yeah so the basic values i got was largely about being very independent and self sustainable uh you know one of the things my mom used to say back then was you know uh, don't ever get yourself in a situation where your parents have to support you 
right? So uh, those things were there. Now, did they think that I would go out and do uh, all of this? Absolutely not. Uh, in fact, their ideal plan was that I go to engineering, come back to Bangalore, and or actually they never imagined I would go to Bangalore for engineering in the first place. Do engineering, uh, work for Infosys uh, was the <laughs> parrot kind the of default. thing that I heard. Yeah, that I heard for the longest time. But I think after a point, you know, hearing it so much, one day I really kind of, I think I had access to internet by then. I googled who's the founder of Infosys. I want to go become that, that guy. Wow. <laughs> because I'm hearing so much of Infosys. Uh, of course, I was at a very young age. Uh, um, uh, I think 12, 13 years old or something like that. Uh, and ever since, uh, you know, once I went to college... Of course, it was initially when I told them that I'm not selling for placements. I don't, I'm not looking to get a job from bits and so on. That, that did scare them a bit and got them a bit worried for a while because, you know, you, uh, they were like, man, you spent five years at one of the best colleges and you're saying you don't need a job from there. What's going on? Right. <laughs> uh, so they thought I was a bit crazy, uh, for a bit. Uh, and basically I told them, give me a year or so. If you think, uh, if I feel I'm not, doing justice to whatever I'm trying to, I'll come back and go take a job. That's not an mm-hmm. issue. And even then, they never came back and said, oh, are you doing well? Are you, you know, do, are you considering going back to a job, etc.? They realized very soon that I'm, you know, I, I'm going to do be doing this for quite some time to come. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, since then, it's, it's, they've been obviously very incredibly supportive. Um, my parents have started understanding valuations and investors and VCs and, you know, what it takes to build startups. So yeah, I mean, I think it's, 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 uh, you know, they've, they've fairly been as supportive as any parent can be. Uh, so no complaints there, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the formative years were obviously very fun. You know, I spent a lot of time playing outside, playing cricket outside and you know, playing for school and whatnot. So yeah, yeah those were fun times. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Great stories. <laughs> and, uh, uh, moving a little forward again uh, with your company, as I see and follow Tapchief uh, every now and then, and uh, what I like uh, that you guys are practicing is a mix of uh, traditional uh, and modern practices uh, towards building the company. Uh, like one of the things which I uh, I, I noticed was uh, you guys were sharing the stories of uh, the people who are there on your platform, like the freelancers. Uh, so there was a series where you guys were sharing their stories and uh, later on uh, you guys are doing more stuff related to that which is more innovative and so I just want to come back to this point that how do you come with the ideas uh, like this kind of ideas to move the company forward in the social realm and uh, like is there any process which you have set to uh, like brainstorm and come up with this kind of ideas? Right. Um, honestly speaking, I still think we're not very good at marketing. Uh, I think we do a lot of things, a uh, lot of good things, but we don't speak about it enough to be all in all honesty. That's my personal and probably the founder feeling of just not being satisfied. But uh, thanks for the compliments. Uh, how do we go about it? As I said, see, uh, you know, one of the things, and this is something we are putting in place right now, but it has always existed in some form or shape. Uh, what we're putting in place right now is the concept of OKRs, uh, where, you know, the company objectives are defined. What are the key goals, which if you complete the overall objective is achieved, 
that is defined and then that is broken down into teams and thereby individuals so this is something we are putting like with actually using the framework right now in place as we speak in fact uh, for the uh, for this quarter but otherwise it has always existed in some form or shape in the company uh, where everybody in the company knows that driving incomes to freelancers is a very important goal for us as a company right uh, ensuring that freelancers and you know their skills are getting noticed and their experience the quality of work is getting noticed is a priority for us is again well known within the company so when it comes to you know some of these ideas etc it largely comes with uh, you know hey we've been doing this either it's going well or it's stagnated right either it is growing or it's stagnating yeah so because i mean we don't at least we try our best not to wait for it to start declining we know that if it's starting to stagnate that means it has hit its course so we need to come up with something new to continue to kind of push that path mm-hmm. or push that objective so uh back in the day you know i think when we initially started we used to just make like these very quick images which spoke about featured freelancer featured expert etc on our platform and that hit its limit you know after like 50 100 images people started stop liking it or yeah. doing anything engaging with it then we said okay you know that's not enough maybe we should go ahead and try and tell their stories right uh, so that's when we started blogs etc mm-hmm. then we said but you know there's so much awesomeness because when our team and you know i also did one or two interviews and start putting out there we saw that there was so much awesome knowledge out there that we said can we unlock it in a better way yeah. so we started webinars <laughs> then webinars start going well um, and we thought and we had a, we have a pretty nice office in central bangalore in indranagar yeah and you know right over starbucks and on the main street etc so we said you know we have, we have a good office lot of very accessible can we get people you know together etc for meetups so we call that a huddle because you know it's just like it's like the indian cricket team huddle yeah <laughs> like that so uh so we called it the huddle and we got some really really awesome people and i think the highest audience so our office can accommodate only about 50 60 people mm-hmm. best at best i think at one one event we had a uh, huddle we had about 80 people wow so so yeah each one has been an incremental thing uh, you know we keep adding on top of things to ensure that you know we are never losing uh, track or at least our objective is always we're on the path to achieve our objectives so when you think of it from a objective level and say that this is what we want to achieve this is the extent to which we want to achieve it in this time frame mm-hmm. and then when you look at what you're doing currently in that course you realize it either enough or you need to improve right at times the ways to improve could be very minuscule that's where attention to detail comes from mm-hmm. is our copy better is our email list growing etc etc some things may require an entirely step step function change right yeah. which is go from just quick blogs to webinars or webinars to huddles right and each one of those will have a new entirely new set of things to figure out so yeah so that's been our journey not just in marketing or anything related to this but in product in say in sales in so be more agile ops, everything right yeah i think see uh the ability uh so how do you ensure or how do you uh, get more and more people to be innovative right you get more and more people to be innovative when you are kind of 
mandating people to imagine how what future looks like mm-hmm. even if it is just two or three months down the line and kind of put that on paper today right yeah. so when you start telling people that imagine what three months down the line would look like and write it on a paper and tell what are the things which we can measure which will tell us yes that is true or untrue then it starts changing the way people think people suddenly start coming up with some of the most awesome stuff which you could have never thought of individually so hence as a leader i feel it's very important to set the objectives and let people choose the path yeah like setting the objectives and uh, also analyzing as you move forward if how things are shaping up and then quickly like uh, improving and improvising on that yeah so i mean there's a very famous quote i don't know if i'm getting it right completely uh, but it basically it says anything that matters needs to be measured mm-hmm. so yeah right so whatever it is you know if it's important to us we should be measuring it if you're not measuring it is it's naturally become unimportant and irrelevant hmm interesting that's interesting and uh, moving forward on this uh, what would be your advice for a startup who have already uh, started their company and have a mvp already and now gaining some traction uh, but they are yet to get some sort of seed funding yet so is there any advice you would like to give to them uh, so that they are moving in the right direction um yeah sure so first things first you know i think what most people need to understand of course a lot of people have been reiterating it for a while i slide to that mm-hmm. it is to really understand that funding is not a measure of success it's a tool towards success yeah. right and it's a tool to effectively go ahead and achieve some things that you wish to achieve right uh so from that perspective one of the first things anybody needs to evaluate is to really evaluate do you need funding in the first place right and is your business built for the venture economics in essence mm-hmm. right uh are you a business are you building a business which wants to grow so rapidly uh that it requires external capital right as you grow to gain market share and things like that or are you building a business which you are you know trying to build in for a specific niche but extremely profitable and so on and so forth right and you know you're not uh you're not as aggressive on growth you're aggressive a lot more on processes the way you, you know your bottom line is and so on and so forth so i think it's a very important distinction which business owners or founders need to make right that what kind of a business am i really building mm-hmm. now if you decide that you're going to go on the venture back path then you need to ensure that you're at addressing or your business is oriented uh you know for what venture capitalists and vcs are actually looking for what one needs to understand is vcs are looking to fund ideas which can grow irrationally right which can grow exponentially uh and thereby can go ahead and you know have a very very large proportion of that market right mm-hmm. and that is because venture funds returns and the structures of the funds are built in such a manner where you invest in 10 companies and you're hoping that two of them will take care of the roi expected of all 10 put together right or three of them will do so right because they're effectively expecting a high level of failure because it is a purely uncharted territory right so the advice i would give is to honestly you know 
at least especially now post covid with a lot of these things definitely slowing down uh, my advice would be to see if you're really solving your users problems and customers needs if you're doing that and you're doing that efficiently investors will come to you rather than you chasing them or if you go ahead and try to gain audience with any one of them and tell speak more about your business they will resonate and you know think good things will happen mm-hmm. right and you will get the right partners so today the most important thing to do is to see if you are taking care of your customer needs very well mm-hmm. is there innovation in the way you are serving them is there uh, which is leading to efficiency which is leading to new things uh, from your stable which continues to add more and more value to them and are they thereby loyal to your service or loyal to your product if these couple of things are met the rest of it is you know reasonably simple those are logistics all taken care uh, but if these things yeah. yeah if these things are not met then nothing is going to happen right mm-hmm. yeah so that's true i i think that, that that would be my take you know to keep it simple yeah keep it simple <laughs> all right i hope you're enjoying today's episode here is a quick word from the sponsors of this episode for you the listeners of lifestyle architecture lab podcast audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 days trial the free audiobook is yours to keep even after the trial ends i have a few audiobooks to recommend number 1 is sapiens a brief history of humankind This is one of those books which will take you back to the ancient times and teach you so much. I recently read it and it just blew my mind. Number 2 is The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. This is one of the greatest bedtime books which I discovered. Neil Gaiman's voice just makes this book much more wonderful. This story and the narration is just amazing. You can download any of these two books or thousands more for free right now. Just go to audibletrial.com/himanshusasteva. Again, that's audibletrial.com/himanshusasteva for your free audiobook. Please enjoy. So, I think uh, we can now move on to the next section which is the quick fireside chat. Uh So I would I would ask you a few questions and you can quickly answer those and we can move forward to the next section. Uh so the first sure. question is uh, what is one quality inside of you individually which uh, you think have helped you out uh, a lot in your career like uh, establishing uh, yourself as an entrepreneur? Uh maybe repeating myself but I will still go with empathy uh because if you just simply care about another person mm-hmm. irrespective of the relationship that you share with them it could be uh you as a manager and them as a team member you as a founder and them as an investor mm-hmm. you as a you know service provider or a builder and them as a, a customer user uh, or you know just that you are somebody who's doing some things and you know they are a uh, you know junior from college or somebody a young younger founder building stuff and you're just trying to help them out irrespective of all this you know what the relationship is right mm-hmm. as long as there's empathy to it uh you know as long as you know you're able to do the best that you can for them mm-hmm. and not do anything which can harm them right 
or ne- impact them negatively i think if you ensure these two things uh i think that's by far the most important qual- quality i believe not just an entrepreneur but any person needs to have mm-hmm. right um uh, you know we keep seeing those examples of course in these tough times you've seen those examples come out even more yeah uh so th- that's what the world needs also where it is today especially right now empathy <laughs> is probably the yeah absolutely right uh, i think the next 12 to 18 months are going to be difficult in difficult. so many ways for so many sections of society mm-hmm. so uh, being empathetic to the difficulties and also the ambitions so again uh, you know empathy is always misconstrued as only from a, a challenges standpoint and a tough time standpoint i think there's a lot from a positive standpoint as well right uh, if you feel that somebody is doing x but they can do 10x uh, better on something and your inputs or your value can drive that mm-hmm. going ahead and even unsolicited you know to offer them that help is is being very empathetic right because why because you want the other person to succeed so True. i think it applies to both sort of situations it's obviously looked at a lot more from you know when it's tough times challenges etc but even to enable people to succeed i think it can be leveraged very very well mm. that's interesting and uh, what would be one failure uh, which you have had in your life uh, you might be counting it as your favorite failure in a sense that it uh, it uh, led you in the right direction <laughs> see i am a person who doesn't have too many regrets right i i fundamentally believe that everything that's happened is great that it happened that's led us here uh but again i know that's not the answer you're looking for so so i think okay uh so the first year year and a half of college i barely studied i barely went to class i did nothing so going from a topper of sorts to you know scoring a zero in an exam I think that was something when I saw that zero on my mark sheet which I'd never seen in my entire life that hit me hard right because that said that okay I was never I this is something I mean I, as you can see I can't express also how I felt at 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 that point in time but it was something that you know I, am I this person so one thing is I wondered have I gone this bad uh, that I'm getting a zero uh so that was the first level of reaction then once you know i absorbed it etc etc then i realized the importance of not comparing apples to oranges mm-hmm. i said to myself if i didn't study if i never aim to do well in this test how the hell am i going to get anything better so it doesn't matter if it's 0 or 20 or 50 right mm-hmm. so stop kind of testing myself also uh against things which i'm not aiming for mm-hmm. so that's when i really picked up coding that's when i really picked up webs you know building software building some very very minuscule version of what is today startups yeah etc right so yeah i mean and i started measuring myself by that barometer am i getting better at coding am i getting better at building things am i yeah. getting better at understanding people understanding users uh, so yeah once i start putting the right barometer it got better but yeah favorite failure has to be the zero that is <laughs> on that mark sheet so measuring yourself on this right scale is something really important i, I would totally agree with you on that and how does your typical day look like uh, like your uh, when you are in office um 
yeah i mean now i think we're all going to speak about it as in those times right so <laughs> yeah uh, uh yeah so in those times <laughs> um uh when we had the luxury of going to office yeah. i think then you know i used to get to office typically around 11 11:30 mm-hmm. uh because i used to stay till office till 10 unless i'm traveling or have any external meetings mm-hmm. or events etc to attend to uh we used to have one day in the week which used to be review day so we used to have that as wednesdays where across the team all teams who were direct reports etc you know we would do weekly reviews with them and so on otherwise you know we always used to have some or the other thing happening on a friday evening uh, in the company yeah, it could be everything from beer fridays to pizza parties to movie nights to board games and so on um otherwise typical days uh, a lot of it you know used to go for me in kind of ensuring our teams are on track mentoring them guiding them that you know they're on the right course mm-hmm. of course now you know given that we've all gone remote i've become a lot more efficient on how to do that mm-hmm. uh, but back then at least we used to spend an incredible amount of time in person stuff and given that a lot of my responsibilities as ceo also involve a fair amount of interaction with external stakeholders could be investors media journalists customers uh ecosystem in general potential hires so yeah an incredible amount of coffee meetings and lunch meetings and so yeah. on uh all across bangalore and of course you know in bombay and delhi uh also periodically almost i think used to travel twice a month if not more than that uh so yeah so that that used to be like a very fast paced very different nowadays things are very different of course uh coming to this situation right now uh, there is this question coming to mind that as many companies are working in uh, remote distribution manner as well right now uh, one of them is wordpress uh, like automatic right uh, so uh, do you think that in future uh, you or your co- you and your company might be working in that sense as well after even after covid uh, do you think there is a possibility of that see i think uh, more or less every business or every company will have a portion of their workforce working remotely inevitably going forward mm-hmm. because if not anything else it is going to be a contingency plan right if we run into a situation like this again which teams of ours are prepared mm-hmm. so naturally my sense is that every company will try and ensure that every kind of role in the company has some level of remote experience mm-hmm. right so i think it's going to become a critical need going forward and we are not going to be any different right so we will definitely have some parts of our company uh, collaborating remotely right uh, having said that does that mean that you know in person collaboration will go away i don't think so right there are a lot of things that can be done extremely well even today despite technology advancements Uh, you know very well when you are in person and you are able to do so especially things like brainstorming mm-hmm. or reviews and stuff like that right yeah. so i think what will happen is if you've heard of the flipped learning model where students effectively kind of do all the reading on their own etc by themselves and come to the classroom only to discuss activities and try to apply that knowledge I think that's what is going to happen to companies in essence yeah. you know people are going to do a lot of deep focus work which they need to do individually without any dependency mm-hmm. at homes 
and at whatever involves collaborating and is enhanced by in-person collaboration, I think those will happen at offices. So I think that's how probably things will evolve. But of course, too early to call yeah. anything <laughs> at this point. But I think if you know, uh, if it has to exist symbiotically, I think that's how it will probably. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And uh, is there any favorite app of yours on your phone or maybe on your computer which helps you out through your day the best? Uh, any app you would like to mention? Yeah. Okay, so my favorite and most used ones are obviously fairly common. Uh, I u- We use Slack extensively as a company. Everything from customer support to sales leads to mm-hmm. everything happens on Slack for us. Uh, so even our backend systems are connected to Slack and stuff like that. So I use Slack very, very often to stay connected with our teams. Uh, of course, nowadays, at least in the initial part, did a lot of Zoom calls <laughs> post-COVID. Yeah. Uh, but now I've, I discovered a new tool called Loom, where using which you can send very quick video messages on Slack, email, etc. to your mm-hmm. team. So you can use that every, for everything from team updates to customer updates. That is something... Uh, I've started to use extensively where instead of getting on a call for anything and everything, I'm starting to send video messages and video bites Mm -hmm. to people (laughs) to answer specific things. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. I I couldn't use voice notes as much, but the video thing has been helpful. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so these are a couple of things I use very often. Mm -hmm. Uh, And otherwise, the standard notes app, man. I love jotting down notes on the notes app. All right, all right. And uh, so any one person uh, who you find successful uh, from your own perspective, anybody coming to mind? Lots, <laughs> lots, lots, right? Uh, no, so I, I think, uh, again, I men- mentioned that in a lighter vein when I spoke of uh, the Infosys co-founders, Murthy, Nandan Lilekhani, etc. But no, I think they're true, true giants, right? Uh, in terms of literally building so much from nothing Mm -hmm. so i think they are very very inspirational uh, in many ways because also probably bangalore a lot of those things play in uh but yeah so they're incredibly inspirational Mm -hmm. uh also a lot of the newer generation entrepreneurs uh right like abhijay shekhar sharma or what sachin and bini did with flipkart uh, Vijay, of course, is also an investor mm-hmm. in the company through Paytm. And, yeah. you know, it's a lot more interactions uh, and have learned an incredible amount from him. Every interaction with him is almost like a MBA crash course of sorts <laughs> uh, in different aspects of the business. So, yeah, I really look up to him as well. Uh, and, and in general, a lot of peers, right? And a lot of people in my own team because... I think, again, one thing, you know, when it comes to looking up to, etc., we look up to people, uh, you know, who have been incredibly successful. I think one of the things I've tried to do is to look up to different people for different things, right? Uh, I Like, for instance, I really look up to Vijay for brand, his expertise in branding and mm-hmm. making Paytm a verb. I really look up to Kunal Shah in the way he asks extremely intelligent questions mm-hmm. and very smartly gets a all of us to do, you know, in some form, secondary research for him. <laughs> so, you know, uh, or his understanding of users and user yeah. psychology and so on. So I think in different, for different teams, I really look at different people, uh, who, you know, who have been able to do a good, very good job. Uh, and, 
you know try and learn those things and emulate those aspects of their life mm-hmm. in ours interesting that's super interesting and uh, coming to an- another silly question <laughs> uh, what uh, under 5000 rupees purchase you might have made uh, like before covid probably <laughs> uh, which might have changed your life in a good way has to be a book <laughs> um i i re- i bought this book called delivering happiness um mm-hmm. you know it's about a company called zappos uh, which is one of the largest online footwear stores uh, which is now an amazon company because it got bought by amazon mm-hmm. uh so just the story of tony shay about how you know he built zappos he in fact built an earlier company which was bought by microsoft for 250 million dollars and then it so happened that you know zappos was going through a crisis and he had invested all of that money which he had made in the first company all of it into zappos so he was virtually bankrupt and then ultimately it came out and was a near to billion dollar acquisition from amazon mm-hmm. now these are not the details why you know that was probably my best spend the the reason it was my one of my best spends was simply because uh you know how he transforms you know from about building a company from the quest for success commercial fame both to quest for kind of you know building the best user experience of sorts mm-hmm. and then ultimately that everything turns out to the fact that you building a company is just one aspect of ensuring a happy life so the true meaning of purpose and hence building a company is, is a step towards or a tool towards achieving that purpose mm-hmm. so the way he kind of described that and how uh, the quest for happiness and you know how does one go about it i think was very very eye opening i never thought of it like that so that uh, so yeah i mean that just new perspective that brought about mm-hmm. and yeah that's the reason why it's probably the best spend awesome. in the recent times awesome and uh, if you were able to put a billboard on uh, any of the main streets of bangalore uh, what would it say and why um <laughs> okay i'll go with uh, something which again in the early days in the, in the company was made a lot of fun of for this quote because it came on your story at one point but i still fundamentally very much agree with that quote even today which is that hope is addictive if if you chase hope and uh, in some sense uh, every time hope gets you back on the right track to do things no matter how horrible the situation is if it's a global pandemic if it's a all in all out financial crisis mm-hmm. whatever it may be if you have hope left in you as a person uh, that always brings you back and thereby it is so addictive because mm-hmm. each piece makes you want to do something else better something more new something new all the time right yeah so yeah hence i'll i'll go with that <laughs> hope is that's like probably my idea. standard one yeah. Yeah, yeah all right all right that's a good one and uh, any any um, uh, media you might have consumed lately which you uh, really liked uh, which is your recent favorite any book movie or documentary a book i i tell people that if you're if you want to found a startup or be a part of a startup read three books 
one is measure what matters mm-hmm. by john doer the second is trillion dollar coach by eric schmidt which is on the life of andy grove and so on which helps you become a great team player and a manager and everything and the third thing is the delivering happiness which helps you understand the true purpose right mm-hmm. uh so those three books i still think are by far one of the best ones if you are have anything to do with startups mm-hmm. or even in general anything that you're doing like yeah. i think those are my top three book recommendations always uh in terms of movies or uh, things that i've consumed lately it's actually gone down you know i mean i know a lot of all the news articles about netflix usage surging yeah. but in my case specifically because i'm spending so much time looking at the screen spending time with the team spending time with you know people outside the company etc i honestly don't have much energy left to watch another something on the screen <laughs> you know so it's it's honestly drastically gone down but i've started reading a lot more and writing has picked up the most wow uh so but otherwise uh in terms of media uh i don't know i i saw that i found the trailer for the michael jordan story very interesting uh, but one thing that okay yeah i really enjoyed watching the drive to survive or the formula 1 thing on netflix mm-hmm. because i had not followed formula 1 you know for quite some time now mm-hmm. and it was a great refresher uh and i enjoyed those you know backroom insight into what things happen and so on and so forth so yeah i really enjoyed try to survive all right all right so i think this uh, this ends up the second section of uh, fireside chat and uh, now we as we are heading towards the wrap up of this call so just want to know uh, what are some milestones or any goals which you are looking forward to as an individual and uh, for your company right uh, at tap chief i think see uh, you know the you know the different ways to measure if we're getting closer to our mission or not the foremost of which is uh, how many people are earning on the platform and uh, you know uh, on a monthly quarterly yearly basis mm-hmm. and how have we been able to grow that uh, and of course the dream is that at some point we're the largest employer in the world right or we're driving incomes to the you know with the yeah with the largest employer in the world in a sense right uh so that's that that mark today is at about 2 million people uh wow. so uh <clears throat> so that's that's a few years out but that is something we'll continue to chase uh and that's when i think uh we can say we've arrived mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. uh because you know if we manage to do that to kind of drive livelihoods for so many people then i think the reason and the purpose and everything which which we started the company would have been achieved Hence, you know, I can claim we've arrived, and I'm a successful entrepreneur. <laughs> Till such time, every goal is still a small milestone. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we celebrate those uh, in a small way internally every now and then. But uh, will I be truly satisfied? No. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think uh, we can uh, with this we can wrap up this uh, call. Uh, so it was great talking to you, Shashank. Uh, where can people reach you if somebody has a question? Um. Twitter is what I used amongst all social media the most. So mm-hmm. I'm Shank Mudli on Twitter. So yeah, you know, always feel free to tweet to me, DM, anything works. And also my email is shashank at tapchi dot com. So either one of those <laughs> sure. works. 
sure i'll i'll put all those things in the show notes and all the recommendation of books and uh, movies as well so uh, thanks again for sharing your journey and being so candid with the replies of my questions uh, so thanks for that and uh, i anytime. really appreciate your energy and time hey, anytime and thank you so much for doing this uh, i think your viewers should know that you've been extremely patient with me for <laughs> over 6 months after multiple failed scheduling <laughs> So thank you for you know being persistent and uh, still wanting to have me on the show. Uh, so yeah, I really enjoyed this man, and uh, and wish you luck as well for the podcast in the future. And I hope you bring on a lot more awesome people and yeah, get yeah, them yeah. to share about their lifestyle. I hope. <laughs> thank you. Thanks a lot for your kind wishes. Thank you. Hey guys, this is Himanshu again. Now before you move on. Here's something I want to share with you. I have one weekly newsletter which is called Saturday Pentacle. You can think of it as a weekly one-page magazine for the curious minds where you'll find five awesome things which I've been pondering on in the last week. It may contain popular articles, blogs, photographs, Instagram posts, books, videos, products or thoughts. It's completely free. If you want to get it just go to himanshusasdeva.com that's my name himanshusasdeva.com and drop in your email you'll get the very next one i hope you enjoy it and thank you for listening